0: Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. You know, I have heard, and I think there's some truth to it, that there are some things in life that you're better off not knowing. For example, you really don't want to know how sausage is made okay I mean it tastes great I recommend you eat sausage right but when you watch how it's made you kind of lose your appetite for it. so you're, you're better off not knowing you also are better off not knowing what the person sitting next to you is really thinking okay now it's bad enough you deal with what they say and what they do you don't know you don't want to know what's going on inside their head. You're better off not knowing that. You also don't want your kids to know what stupid things you did when you were their age. You don't want them to know that because not only will they do what you did, they'll take it a step further. You see, every generation does that. They'll just go deeper into stupid. Right? There's no sense in their doing that. There's no sense in telling them the dumb things you did when you were younger. They're better off not knowing. And that's true of our gospel reading for today. Page 8 in your worship bulletin. We begin at verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the sun. Even the angels don't know when the last day is, although they have a major role in the events of that day. They gather the children of God, the elect, from the four winds, from every corner of the globe, they gather us up. But they don't know when the day is. And we read, nor the Son, Jesus himself. And that's really strange, because the last day is known as the day of the Son of Man. It is his day. So... How can it be, if the day is really about him and his return, how can it be that he doesn't know when it's going to happen, especially in light of what St. Peter tells us? This is from John chapter 19, where Jesus asked Peter, A Simon, son of John, do you love me? And what does Peter say? He says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. See, he knows all things, and yet he's ignorant of this. How can that be? Well, we would say that as a man, during his earthly ministry, Jesus placed himself under limitations, okay? He placed himself under the same limitations that you and I live under, including the limitation of death itself. So if we have to live in ignorance of that day and hour, then Jesus himself will live in ignorance of that day and hour. He is fully human, and he fully identifies with us in our humanity, and that's important to our salvation, by the way. And you know, it reminds me of Luke chapter two, where Luke writes this about the child Jesus. He grew in wisdom as well as in stature. You see, he's made like us in every way, yet without sin. So, no one knows that day and hour of Christ's return except the Father. Now, your worship outline is a little skewed, okay? I did this in a hurry on Wednesday, and so it's actually kind of backwards. So, on page 10, the worship outline, the sermon outline, we begin with point three, <laughs> Roman numeral three, okay? Just bear with me. Uh, it was a busy day, all right? So, true orthodoxy, meaning the right praise. The right belief about God is sanctified ignorance sanctified or holy ignorance concerning that day and hour of Christ's return so if someone says and people do this all the time if someone says well I know when he's coming back I figured it out with protractor and, and slide rule and everything you know I've studied the scriptures and I know the day and hour of his return run the other way because they're contradicting what Jesus says in the Gospels. And yet, people continue trying to predict the year and the date. They just can't stop trying. Like moths to a flame, they keep on doing it. And they always attract a following of people who are more ignorant than you and I, because at least we know enough to say that we don't know and we can't know. Verse 37, For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, notice this, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. Oh, how bad is that, right? Until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. And so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, my question is this. Is there, do you think there's anything wrong with eating and drinking? No, I recommend you do it, okay? Is there anything wrong with marrying? That, that would be kind of the man's role. I mean, this is, we're talking antiquity here, okay? So a man would marry, a woman would be given in marriage. That's the woman's part there. She's giving, being given in marriage. Is there anything wrong with marriage? No, I highly recommend it as well. Okay, it's, it's good, it's ordained of God. So what's wrong? Well, Roman numeral 2, you got to flip back to page 10 now, okay. Roman numeral 2, see we're working our way back up to the top. Jesus indicts humanity, not for gross sins, but for indifference toward God. Indifference toward God. Apathy, lukewarmness, a lack of interest in the things of God. And according to Jesus in this passage, indifference, apathy toward God is worse than gross immorality. Since gross immorality might actually disturb your conscience and encourage you to repent. That would be a good thing. But indifference you can comfortably live with all the way to hell letter a people are immersed in the everyday with no thought for the last day immersed in the everyday with no thought for the last day now let me ask you this does that sound familiar doesn't that sound like us how many of us think about the end of the world I mean how many of you go around thinking you know this could be the last day of earth Probably not many of us, but we should. That's part of the Christian worldview. Now, everyone has a worldview. A worldview is, is the assumptions you live with, okay? It's, it's a way of looking at life. It's a way of seeing the world. Everyone has a set of underlying assumptions about life that we live by. Everyone does. Materialists. Materialists have a materialistic worldview, okay? Postmodern thinkers have a postmodernist worldview. Christians have a Christian worldview that says, you know, Jesus has already come to save us from the coming judgment, which is yet to come, and he's returning as the judge of all humanity, but we don't know when, okay? Okay? That's the Christian worldview. That's the set of underlying assumptions that we should get up with in the morning, expecting this every day. Those are our assumptions about life. What God has done for us at the cross and what is yet to be done on the day of judgment. Letter B. We avoid repentance when we assume that the Lord is not coming back today. When we assume the Lord is tarrying. No, he's not coming back today. Some other time, not today. Now, let, let's assume for a moment that I figured out the day of his return, and it's not until 2034. You know, let's say July 15th, 2034. That's when when I believe He's coming back. I don't know about you. But if I really believe that, I will be tempted to sow my wild oats until July 15, 2034. I'm not saying I would, but I would be tempted to do that. If I assume the Lord is not coming today, I may think the coast is clear for me to stray just a little, you know. Because there's always time to repent later. But delayed repentance is no repentance at all. To delay repentance is to place yourself back under God's just condemnation, which Jesus has previously delivered you from. If you live with the realization that you don't know the day and the hour of his return, you'll think twice before you stray from him. You see, there are some things in life you're better off not knowing. And this is one of them. So verse 40, back, back to page 8, I apologize. Verse 40. Then two men will be in the field. Now notice this. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Now we don't know, if does being taken mean saved and being left mean saved? you're you're left to perish or does being left mean that you're saved and being taken away means you're perished? He doesn't explain but the analogy of Noah means that if if you're left behind you're one of the the, uh, one you're one of those in the ark you're saved to be left behind in this context probably means to be saved to be taken means taken away to judgment but we're not sure but anyway there's a division happening see some are being saved some are being condemned two women will be grinding at the mill one will be taken and one left. So what does that tell you about the day of the Lord's return? It's telling you that that day will be a day like any other. It'll be a normal day. You'll get up and you'll, you'll go to work like you always do. We had our um, dishwasher go on the fritz right before Thanksgiving. And, We call, uh, yeah, it's not a good time, you know. Of course, it never is a good time. uh, But uh, we call the repairman, and and so he gives us like a three- to four-hour window that we need to be home, one of us. I mean, I'm elected, so I'm home. And that means I can't be at work. I can't be doing other things because I'm waiting on the repairman, all right? Normally, waiting in the world means that you're not getting other work done. You're waiting in line at a grocery store. You're not getting other things done. You're in a waiting room at the doctor's office. You're not getting other things done. In the world, waiting equals idleness, but not with the Lord. Roman numeral 1 on page 10, waiting on the Lord, being watchful for his return now, Is not an interruption in your day it is remaining at your job it's not an interruption in your day it's remaining at post remaining at your job to be ready for the Lord's return does not mean that you got to leave your family quit your job go up on a mountain and wait for Jesus to come back some people have done that it's just the opposite according to the text Being ready, being watchful for the Lord's return means that you go about your daily business. Whether you're a homemaker at home, whether you're working outside the home, you be at your post where the Lord has called you to be serving others. That's being watchful. That's being ready. Verse 42, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. So what's he mean? Simply this. Just as an intruder in your home catches you by surprise, the Lord's return will catch you by surprise. Therefore, you have no alternative but to be ready, be watchful, be expecting. Verse 44, Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Roman numeral three, as I said earlier, true orthodoxy is sanctified ignorance concerning that day and hour. Letter A, We live by what God has said, and what he has not said. What he has said and what he hasn't said, both are necessary for our salvation. So what has God said? You know, God has, you know, through the cross, through the ministry of Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, he has spoken a word to all humanity, and that word is forgiven. You have been forgiven. That's the good news of his ministry. That's the good news of His first coming. All humanity has been forgiven through the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As St. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting men's sins against them. That is to say, at the cross, God stopped counting your sins against you. He stopped counting my sins against me. That's forgiveness. That's reconciliation that he brought about without us without our help without our permission he's done that and now this same Jesus through whom God has declared pardon and forgiveness to you this same Jesus is coming back to judge all humanity that's what God has said what God has not said is when that will occur what God has not said about Jesus Is just as necessary for your salvation as what he has said letter B to be ready means to be believing both believing both believing the word about Jesus that has been spoken his life death and resurrection for you and for all humanity and that word about Jesus that remains unspoken the day and hour of his return. You know, some things we're just better off not knowing, including the day and hour of his return, because not knowing that is one way in which our Lord makes us ready and keeps us ready for his return. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds Through Christ Jesus, amen.